0: New year, new season, Are you excited for this one?
1: Have you got a drink on you? Have you got a rum? Oh, I want a rum as well. Well, then I'll get you one. Thank you. I thought that was the plan. <laughs> rum, rum, rum.
0: New year, new season.
1: New start, fresh start.
0: Should we change the name of the podcast?
1: Yeah, go on. Uh, let's call it the
0: Hardcore Genki Hour
1: Okay Do
0: you think the audience will understand why?
1: Nah That'll be fine <laughs> They'll figure it out
0: Hey kids,
1: do you like movies? Do you like comics?
0: Do you like opinions?
1: Do you want two middle-aged geeks going on and on
0: about what they've watched, read and done
1: and made over the last two months?
0: Well, hold on to your dorky credentials, because
1: now it's time for
0: the Hardcore Genki Hour. Hour!
1: Hello and welcome to the Hardcore Genki Hour.
0: I'm Andrew Raggedy Man Watton-Davis.
1: I'm Laura Pinkuplejam Watton-Davis.
0: And this is the February 2018 update on our world of comics, films, TV, conventions, creations and just... Generally being excited about stuff here at the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki.
1: Because if something's worth being excited about, it's worth nerding out over.
0: Yay! Yay! As people may have noticed, we've done some renovations at the Super Fortress, adding in a new recording studio and cat entertainment wing, as well as renaming this show for this, our second fabulous season.
1: But don't worry, it's still the same lovable us bringing you high quality feverish geeky commentary and only the occasional f-bomb yay Yay. yeah
0: you do know occasional is a completely unquantifiable amount (laughs) so we are right (laughs) we don't have any direct feedback from the last season other than obviously all our adoring fans love and adoration uh but we did ask regular listeners what they'd want to change the name of and we got some lovely responses
1: Mm. So, Robin Language wants to change the word cramp to legger.
0: He also wants to change Smirnoff to crap off.
1: Also, cake to awesome.
0: Yes, and Phil Halwell, who may have opinions, uh, wishes to swap the name of the New England Patriots to cheating smug bastards. Which, yeah, Although, I think the results of the Super Bowl actually did that.
1: So. <laughs> well, well this podcast obviously makes it official yeah so uh reese roberts suggested a transformation into raggedly actively aggressive <laughs> yeah a nice suggestion hard to say yeah um and all worth all well worth a mention but nah, no says, we, nah.
0: we can't do half of that but we do thank people for their interactions lets us know people are out there listening so the question for the next episode is,
1: How would you get more people into reading comics?
0: If you can send us an answer, um, along with any feedback you may have about the show, to superfortresshg at gmail.com by the end of March. That would be splendid. Or hit us up on the Facebooks, or hit us up on the Twitters, or just talk to us, let us know. Speak to us, Damn it. Please. We're not needy, but we <laughs> need you.
1: Meanwhile on TV...
0: You, oh, Christmas. What a wonderful time of the year to watch a show about two women hating the shit out of each other.
1: Jessica Lange and Susan Sarandon recreate the tumultuous relationship between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Mainly focusing on their time on set and after Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, it is a high-power drama that does an amazing replication of 60s and 70s America, including the full glitz and unending horror of the bias of Hollywood.
0: This was amazing Christmas viewing. Um, it was on the BBC.
1: BBC One, We Caught mm-hmm. It All on iPlayer, A-Tip episodes long, about an hour each.
0: About an hour each. Not a dull moment.
1: Utterly compelling watching.
0: From so many viewpoints. Number one, the, the the cast was phenomenal. I cannot express how much... I mean, Jessica Lang, people probably know from American Horror Story, yep. which is not the whole of her work, but that's what a lot of people will recognise her from. In,
1: in this house, we are familiar with her through her work yeah. there. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, and Susan Sarandon, who is just Susan Sarandon in Hello, I am Susan Saradon. They were amazing.
1: It was just compelling viewing about character dynamic. Uh, and I thought people, actors, actresses, playing up to their perceived personas, and then twinges of regret yeah. for doing so. But
0: you also had the amazing history of the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which was... Mm-hmm. One of the greatest at the time horror movies. Now it'd be called like a, a, a thriller, mm. but a proper horror movie. One of the greatest horror movies ever done. Just if you haven't seen it, see it. Yeah, there wasn't a single thing I'd change about it.
1: No, at all. I was recommending it to everybody, <laughs> um, and it was really timely. And the levels of abuse and sexism that were present in the show, airing around the same time as the hashtag Me Too.
0: Mm. I mean, obviously, happens dance it happened and all that because I believe it was produced like the beginning of last year yeah absolutely so, so completely, off, completely but
1: coincidental was... but talking about the same issues so. yeah
0: the the unendingness of it I, I was just one of the most compelling bits of drama i've ever watched
1: yeah so a consistent struggle mm. um between the perception of being your true self and then carving a living from doing what you want to do and then doing what you feel you have to do and then what you think the industry is telling you to do and then what you believe in, what you are allowed to do. Mm. With all of that ingrained sexism, those barriers to entry, those power struggles Mm. between everybody. You know, I mean, there's power struggles between guys as well, the director of the studio and the producer who believes in his actresses and does defend them. Mm. Um, But also not. It's really interesting.
0: It also showed the struggle of actresses of that time. Now, I'm I'm not going to pretend that, you know, it's back-breaking labor or anything but it did show these were people who constantly had to be on who were only as good as their last interview the the myth of the wealth that they had i mean these were two of the greatest actresses of their era and they were basically both on the verge of being broke i mean probably because they'd all gone through multiple marriages and they had all of that and these ridiculous lifestyles that they were trying trying to leave but it that was kind of like their pr their persona they had to spend that much money on advertising it was themselves the, the
1: pressure of maintenance maintaining their levels their power their of oh, sounds a bit dragon ball sorry <laughs> maintaining their power levels um, her, her stage charisma <laughs> is
0: over nine thousand.
1: but yeah just just compelling and sad and riveting just human beings being human and all the goodness and badness and
0: it was very it was, it was very very human it's got parallels two other dramas of the, of its era I mean probably Mad Men
1: absolutely um, yeah I mean 20th century period dramas they are completely my thing um, this, it, the show also features the actress Kian and Shipka uh, so she played Don Draper's daughter Sally in Mad Men um, and she was the daughter in Betty Davis in Feud Mm. And also, she has been cast to play Sabrina, the teenage witch, in the Riverdale spinoff. So I'm looking forward to that. I think she's great. She's
0: great. Yeah. Everyone was great in it, but yeah. And the intention to detail. I mean, the symbolism of things like the the battle over um, the Coke bottles on the set versus the Pepsi bottles. Mm. Just the way that, I mean, there was an amazing scene. Um, Betty Davis is, is is coming to terms with the death of Joan Crawford. And you have an amazing moment where she is completely wrecked by the whole thing and then someone from the press rings her up and asks for a quote and mm-hmm. she instantly snaps back into bitch mode. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this absolute she can't even publicly mourn someone that she regrets not having been her friend with or at least not not an enemy with.
1: Or at least wish things could have been different with. And you as know? soon
0: as it comes yeah. it's this, this it's it's not even
1: and then you wonder whether it's forced. Is that yeah. muscle memory? Is she doing that because a publicist told her to do it? But yeah. it's the little glint in people's eyes. It's the the sighs and the twinges and those microscopic feelings yeah. that are not conveyed by any words, just fractions of movement.
0: And the, the only the, These were two actresses at the absolute top of their game. So to get in two actresses at the absolute top of their game is the only way to do it. But you've also got just such phenomenal attention to detail as in the credit sequence, Mm. um they each week you would have the you'd you'd have the two main stars presented in a different order as their title cards battled it out for each other literally Mm. smashing into each other this this was proper aggression and the the worst thing was you looked at all their stories they've both gone through a series of abuses a series of terrible relationship this drive to do well in the show business and they all the way through you are just screaming why the hell aren't you not chums with each other Mm. why can't you get along
1: and they did share some really intricate secrets Mm. with each other and again i'm not sure whether the that was said for shock or again power play or whatnot but you really felt each other's um reactions in that and the the brutality of the things that they'd grown up with
0: it was amazing stuff. Yeah,
1: so it hopefully by the time uh, the podcast comes out, it might still be on iPlayer, but I definitely I'd recommend trying it. trying to locate it and watch it because it is absolutely brilliant. So yeah,
0: the possibly good news, and I say the possibly good news is it was originally titled Feud. It's now titled Feud: Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford because there's a second season coming.
1: Is it? There is oh, that se- is great.
0: Charles versus Diana,
1: aye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> arguably um, one of aye. the greatest battles in the. I can see it it working <laughs> because it's um, a decade long battle of of wills and personalities with factions within them um, through you know a great media event which had the media versus the private life. So I can I can see why they went for that, but also yeah. Charles versus Diana. Mm-hmm. Do you, oh. It, yeah, it's. Uh...
1: So that was on iPlayer. Yeah, uh, talking
0: of um, battles of good versus evil, uh, nice. Devil, <laughs> Devil Man.
1: Devil Man. Uh, the,
0: the, the, so it was Devil Man crying or just Devil Man?
1: Devil Man crybaby. Devil
0: Man crybaby. This is the sixth animated version of Gona Guy's Deborah Very
1: good.
0: Uh, made by Science Service Studios and commissioned by Next flicks. Uh, It sees Akira Fudu, the titular devil man, battle it out with Ryu Asuka to save the universe and cry a lot.
1: There was a lot of crying, I'm pleased to report. There was a lot of crying. (laughs) Also,
0: quite an amount of tits and arse. This was not a kid's joke. Oh
1: my gosh. And it never has been for little young viewers um so this series devil man cry baby it's available on netflix animated in flash you couldn't tell it's a completely new revisioning of this 40 year old franchise so in the 70s this was released i think in shonen jump or some boys middle school magazine can you imagine reading this terrifying horrible blood and guts story with tna flying everywhere imagine if your mum saw it i mean we got what scooby-doo yeah <laughs> japan got devil man oh man subtle differences
0: of culture there amazing um,
1: but it's so much cartoonish violence but the show is actually also very sad and meaningful as well honestly good versus evil The uh... i will have
0: to take your word for that because <laughs> i lasted three three episodes i <laughs> i it looked lovely I didn't believe it when you told me it'd been done in Flash, mm. especially with some of the 3D effects. Uh, but it may have been done in ca- in Flash, but the characters were done in cardboard.
1: Oh um, no! Oh no! Yeah, it just didn't connect. Um, That's a real shame. Um, so... I just got to.
0: I got. I got an hour and a half in, and I didn't care. That is really sad. Yeah, yeah. you stuck with it, so it's uh, got to have something. So I stuck
1: with it. I bloody well binged it.
0: (laughs) You you literally did it in one evening. That was just, (laughs) I I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm off to bed. And then at one one o'clock, you're just like, right, movie's done. It was great. I thought, well,
1: that was a good series. And you were like, oh, (laughs) okay, fine. (laughs) So um, yeah, 10 episode series. And then by episode seven, everything just went gloriously downhill. Just shit hit the fan. When you get, to episode seven, honestly.
0: Well, it got on quite mental because there, there was one of the episodes I saw. Um, <coughs> episode one. Episode one. They had basically this audiastic rave scene. Yep. Um, with lots of drugs and lots of of uh, revelry, and then lots of monsters eating everyone. Using I've never seen breasts with that many teeth before. <laughs> eating people's faces <laughs> yeah. off. It was surprisingly sex positive, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, yeah. it was. It was one of the first times I've seen that kind of thing done where it was a bad thing that they all got slaughtered rather than an inevitable punishment
1: yeah they weren't
0: yeah. terrible for being young and enjoying life
1: yeah I think pretty much everybody got their bits out it wasn't just like sexy women's or anything. yeah there was
0: like, a lot a lot of equal was a, opportunity nudity um, <laughs> it is' a
1: proper orgy rave scene yeah but, um, I call it the Marmite of 2018 anyway <laughs> <laughs> it split has it
0: split the weebs that badly
1: well it got a really poor review in neo magazine which I was surprised um Twitter went ballistic positively for it as soon as it was released. Loads of fan art, loads of cosplay, loads of uh, just influencing creativity and interest in an Old series, so I binged the series as I said in the dub. How? So while I was doing my tax return, how metal am I? How <laughs> what an exciting life I lead! How leave? the
0: hell does that get a bad review when everyone know. was was wetting themselves over Castlevania? I no, oh. I honestly, Castlevania, God. honestly, yeah. I thought it was better than Castlevania, yeah, even yeah. though I didn't. I've watched all of Castlevania because it was like four episodes yeah. and it didn't occupy any of my brain while I was there, but I, I thought it was better than Castlevania. Because I could, it, it was definitely doing something. Well, How the hell? I, 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 I get know. well. Your Marmite. If if it got a bad review, if it got a bad review, Neil, I can get where your Marmite thing came yeah, from. Yeah, I'm totally absolutely. down with I that. I mean, it's not going to be for everybody. Me.
1: I made I made a comment on Twitter that I I think because. There are a lot of, bless you, young weebs Who have grown up with a lot of anime In the late 20th, early 21st century That have been slice of life Little moe girls going to school And things happen and stuff It's like, you guys haven't grown up With the real gratuitous late 80s early 90s cyberpunk horror that we all grew up with and i miss that shit honestly it's it appeals to us because we grew up with it it kind of makes you feel like oh this is naughty i shouldn't be watching this anyway so yeah i've watched it all and i want to watch it again Mm. so i watched the dub um, because I needed to do things important things like taxi returns mm. at the same time so I often have a dub going on at the same time while I'm doing stuff to consume my content these days but I want to watch the subtitles now um, so, and it's just really good to see classic Gona Guy mm. so uh, the comic is going to be released as well, it's been translated it's in production, that will be released for English speaking audiences in May uh, it's a good year to be a Gona Guy fan because basically his titles are 40 years old so my other magical girl favourite cutie honey that's a uh, magical hmm. nudie transforming android woman oh. and uh, she's got a new cutie honey universe is the name of the new Ooh. cutie honey anime that's being released also a go and title and uh, also giant robot mazinga Z. that's a new 2d 3d film uh, that's out this year as well It's currently on cinema release in the States Not sure whether we'll get it at the cinema here Because the UK once again was uh, Didn't grow up with giant robot shows on television well, we got Netflix, But so... we've got Netflix So maybe it'll be on Netflix Who knows But I'm so happy that basically an old title Has been introduced so interestingly to a new audience So hopefully new anime fans Young anime fans Will go back and see the, the back catalogue Of what's yes. available And the different types of stories that we grew up with
0: I'm gonna be honest. I'm excited about the idea of the cutie honey and the and the magazine Zed Mazinger. Mazinger Zed. The only thing is the because uh, I'm no good at subs. Mm. Um, sorry, uh, subs. Yeah, the dubbing mm. and this is a technical issue. Um, wasn't consistent
1: because of all the rapping. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's one downfall Netflix has. Yeah. Its subtitles are either closed captions or English only. Yeah, there's no song or signs unless yeah. it's included in the subtitles and now, that is a real failing I completely the, the agree. The thing I would
0: definitely say is my understanding is is that a lot of the signage and a lot of the wrapping and the, the thing that were actually quite important to what was going on mm. so I can't say if I would or wouldn't have stuck with it if they'd given those the dubbing that they mm. needed um, it, it was also it, it when you're watching something that's being dubbed and then you break into the Japanese mm-hmm. and it's got a different voice and yep. it's got a different that kinda kicked me out of it as well. So
1: yeah, I mean, whilst I
0: can't say yeah, I would have stuck with it, no. I do wonder how much that
1: That was a barrier, barrier for you. No, me. I completely agree. So most of the songs are or the raps are in Japanese language rap. Mm. But there is one profound rap um between two of the secondary characters and that's in English. That's the only one that was in English. Yeah. Like, because it was so profound. It was, it was part of the dialogue. Mm. But it wasn't like a background rep. Because there's three bully characters in the original Devilman series. And instead of being thugs, they were transferred into rap- like menacing rappers. Mm. Um, threatening Mickey by the riverside and stuff. And then being thwarted by cute little Akira.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Pre-Devilman incident. But yeah, that's a very interesting point. So yeah, step it up Netflix. Sort yeah. it out.
0: Also on Netflix... Alted Carbon. Mostly based on the book by Richard K. Morgan, Netflix spent a fortune on recreating the Blade Runner city with a more international cast to ask the philosophical question if people are all compulsorily made functionally immortal by having their minds kept in a USB in the back of their neck that you can then put into a spare body, how awful could everyone get? And how much nudity can we show?
1: An interesting premise.
0: It was. I loved it because it's the most... Um, cyberpunky cyberpunk thing. I've seen cyberpunking around on TV for <laughs> ages. Cyberpunking <around>. It was
1: <laughs> amazing. It
0: was much like the book because the guy who wrote the book said, "Oh yeah, I just I just tried to put as many cliches in as I could." I was in absolute hog heaven. In some ways, I thought it improved on the original book. Um, it added in some more depth, put in some more connections, put in a bit more generalized soul to the Hardball Investigator, although the way they played around with the plot, which I'm not going to go into too much detail in case anybody... Blah, blah, blah. In case Chief moans about spoilers, basically. <laughs> um was, sorry, Chief. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. How that's going to affect later adaptation parts of it, I don't know. Makes it a bit more likely to have another series. It does play with the central themes really well, but I will say I thought it was unbelievably nihilistic and terrible in some ways, because this entire premise is... As soon as everyone's got immortality, they're just going to be terrible to each other.
1: So I've never read the books, and I like cyberpunk fiction, and it was so <laughs> goddamn <laughs> <That's> boring. boring. <laughs> oh my God. It looked <laughs> amazing. Why did it not match with the story? It's like, oh, I'm angsty man. Oh, I'm the very angsty character. I'm <laughs> doing the things in the USBs, and I'm like why why am i not into this i don't know maybe <laughs> i just wasn't feeling very well but yeah no i, I, I expectations i think i think, I think some I of it know. is the
0: main character doesn't want to be there and isn't enthusiastic about doing the thing he has to do so in it, a really grumpy almost kind makes, of petulant it, way
1: yeah but what how is that interesting for new viewers like unless you know the book <laughs> Was yeah. that? I don't know. I think that was all. There's nothing to latch on to. You had completely yeah. same
0: reactions. I did to Devil Man Cry Baby,
1: which is kind of funny. But you've read the books. Okay? I I know of Devil Man, so maybe yeah. both of them are love letters to fans pre-existing, as opposed to us as new fans, middle-aged gr- grumpy nerds. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm curious because I mean, in some ways,
0: it war, it had some pretty cool elements to it. Like the there's a fairly equal split of nudity. For example, good. Uh, there was. It was disappointing, though, that, that one of the basic premises is, is three hundred years in the future when people are able to swap bodies like pajamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still all about like beautiful dead female corpses, mm-hmm. and so it's like scoring one side, scoring the other side. You've got you know a number of the characters are like women going around in male bodies and 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 uh, men going around in female bodies, and still all the sexual violence is aimed at women. Uh, yeah, that it, that's what I mean about the quite the nihilistic bit. One thing I would say though is that it got itself into a whitewashing scandal in my position as a, you know, yeah, white bloke. I didn't get it because from where I was, I thought it was made pretty clear that uh, Takeshi Kovacs was incredibly Asian. They His original body, and he originally was Asian, yes. and he repeatedly appeared as Asian,
1: yeah, you saw his image, his memory of his old self in the yeah. mirror that the main and character. Was they, made at, so... cl- mm, they made it very.
0: I thought personally, they made it very clear mm. that he did not like being in a European sleeve. Now, obviously, in the book, it was made clearer because mm. you could constantly be in his head, whereas in this, he was just moping around the whole time. But. I thought it was there as much as it could be, and I'd be very keen to see what they do with the next season, because if they yeah. put him into a new body...
1: Yeah, I mean, mate, I will give it another shot, because it looked lovely. I just think my attention... At the time when it was released, I was reading something else or whatever, so I think my attention was elsewhere. I think it mean, also... Uh, d- d- it got a lot of views... In yeah. the first week, it's got
0: two and a half million views in like its first first week or so, which is a lot.
1: So many, me- but I also read that it dropped off dramatically, and as of yet, a follow up season is not guaranteed. So it makes me wonder what people are thinking.
0: <sighs> to be fair, having having looked through on the cyber community, uh, on, on the cyberpunk communities, yeah, it's. I'd say split down the middle yeah. amongst the cyberpunks.
1: We'll see, but hopefully um, lessons learnt. Because I would like to get into it. it. I'm disappointed it doesn't tick all my boxes. Selfishly, but it's you know it's not like I'm going to send anyone any death threats on Twitter. <laughs> no, that's
0: because you're not five.
1: That's true. Um, that's true.
0: It's one of those where if it doesn't get a second season, I'll understand. And if it does get a second season, I'll be really happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, fingers crossed. So fingers crossed. Yeah, give it a shot. I'll give it another shot. Let's see where, how we get on.
0: One we both liked. Yay! Black Lightning! Yay! Oh, my God, Black Lightning. I
1: didn't even know this was being made. So very, just turned up. Very happy to see Black Lightning as part of the CW, a DC Comics character... Uh, got a weekly series mm. on Netflix. Majority non white cast, possibly the best analysis of how well superheroes would work in the real world seen on TV. And Cress Williams absolutely crushing every scene he's in as the full time principal of Garfield High School, full time parent and reluctantly full time superhero. I
0: cannot express how amazing Cress Williams is in this oh, role. He's such a dude. He <laughs> brings so much to each scene. He has one of those you know that deceptively simple acting style people mm, do mm. where you give them the words and they don't they don't do a lot with the words, but they do so much with just everything else.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a really good dad and <laughs> it's he's really timely. After Luke it's after Luke Cage, just mm. in time for Black Panther at the cinema. He's just a really nice character. He gives his, he just gives that reassurance to you. Like, as a dad and as a teacher, and he tries to do the right thing, mm. and he sticks up for... There's a kid that's been caught doing drugs, and the kid's about to get expelled and he's like no let's not have him expelled let's give him another chance and everyone's like well we need to expel him because he did the drugs you know he fights for people and chances and there's this positivity whereas Luke Cage I think had this melancholy like both of them are really nice characters Mm. and I love them both but there is a little bit more straightforward uh, let's do shit attitude I think with Black Lightning Mm. even though they are both conflicting characters uh, they're conflicted with their alter egos, I think.
0: The the Luke Cage is a relatively simplistic character in that uh, his solution is to punch it in the face, which he does brilliantly. Whereas Black Lightning... I mean, there's, there's this wonderful episode uh, recently where he's got to expel a kid. And you can see he lines up all the arguments the show lines up all the arguments for and it lines up all the arguments against and you'll sit there going, Well I can completely see why both answers are right. I'm glad I'm not the guy who has to make the decision. Go on, Black Lightning, how are you gonna bollocks this up? And it's it's got that that depth of complication. It should just be like another supergirl or whatever it's on the c w for goodness sakes they don't do massively complicated subtext and he's dealing with really complicated issues it's also for for a show that is predominantly black cast i think there's like i think there's like one or two asian ca- actress actors in it and like yeah. one white his, his, actor.
1: his helper chap he's um a tailor yeah um who it's a little bit like an alfred character isn't it a little bit and he runs a tailor shop and uh, has a secret uh, he basically helps out black like, i don't even understand he's how a, or why no, the it's, backstory is it is very simple
0: he's a tailor that makes uh quasi cybernetic battle armor that looks like it should be on a funkadelic stage that also has uh, super hacking abilities also seems to have deep connections to both law enforcement agencies government agencies and crime and yeah he's his mate. So, I mean, it's of an course everyday they, story. Of course Where's it does. the complication here?
1: Minor segue: Fungadelica back in the charts. Oh yeah, <laughs> with, that's with, not a minor. That's, with, fucking, with that's Bill, Bill Clinton. I'm gonna make you sick. They uh, play it a lot on Radio Six. Yes. So yeah, tune but, in. Anyway, sorry. So Black saying <laughs> about the complication, <laughs> you've Black got all that,
0: but they've they've shown African American prejudice against mm. African Americans against whites against. Um, Hispanics he, Against Asians conflict. Yes, yes and It could yes. so easily have yes. been the Crosby show With superpowers And they just went Nope We're going to go the harder Better path And we're going to show something You're sitting there going Well did Black Lightning do the right thing Because mm. he's mates with the head of the police And he's regularly just going Well Black Lightning just a vigilante And you're like Yes <laughs> Yes he is Yeah. Okay, I now feel a little bad about that sequence when he beat up that bad guy. It's
1: And and it's only on weekly, so oh, it, God, you can't binge it. Terror. You're forced to wait. You've
0: got an entire week of chewing him mo- up, looking forward to it and going,
1: mm, "What's going to happen?"
0: The, the moral ambiguity in it is just yeah. absolutely brilliant. I, arguably, in my humble opinion, I think it could end up getting to the same level as Watchmen. With regards to the you know a discussion on superheroes because they are very obviously making a lot of parallels to the real world situations of the black mm. community in America you know they they're having discussions about what can an individual do how should you protest these situations what can you do to improve your world? Mm. so you 've got all these very very serious real world discussions happening on you on a prime time TV show on the CW and then you've got the discussion, you know, what the superhero element of what would that achieve? How would they benefit? Is it better for the guy to spend all this time educating or going out and lightening people in a suit that basically just makes him look like he's wearing a dinner jacket? Which, I mean, when we saw him, when we saw him in the first episode, get that jacket on, that the suit on, we we're just like, my Christ, he looks amazing.
1: He, <laughs> it's very crazy.
0: he looks debonair and he looks so.
1: Oh, you said it looks like a tux. I I agree with you. Yeah, Yeah, very smart debonair. Very cool. So, yeah, so uh, tune in. See what you think. Let us know. Mm. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the cinema. Rubber. Rubber.
0: In the late 1990s, somewhere in a Californian desert. A tire named Robert suddenly comes to life. Using his innate psychic powers, a heavy dose of postmodern surrealism, and the directorial style of Quentin Mr. Oiseau Dupierre, he kills his way to Hollywood in a hilariously gory manner.
1: Well, yes. So you saw yes. this on Reddit. <laughs> I, I saw
0: the entire process of this was on a Thursday. I saw a one line mention of it on uh, Today I Learned. Which was basically, today I learned there's a movie about a killer tyre. A, a so I went to the Wikipedia page, I read the introductionary line, and then I went straight to Amazon and bought it for a fiver. On Saturday we watched it with mates. It is the single best fiver I have ever spent. Oh my god.
1: So, yeah, we had friends around and uh, we made a nice evening of it. Oh, God. It None is. of us knew what to expect. We were like, do you want to come around and watch this film about a killer tyre? Okay, and go, yes. And bless our four <laughs> mates, They were like, yes, yes, we do. So, <laughs> it's one was of
0: those, It's one of those concept movies that compels you because you know it's either going to be, f- it's going to be phenomenal, phenomenally bad, phenomenally good, phenomenal. That's all you know.
1: It was so weird. Oh, it was. Like, even the name is a joke. So, the tyre's the name is Robert. But en français, Robert!
0: <laughs> yeah. And you don't get that unless you know that Mr. Wazo is French.
1: Kind of. Yeah. makes it obvious. Well... If like, you can uh, read up a little bit on it, but yeah. For
0: something that involves... That the introduction is an introduction to an audience watching the film as it happens in real time, uh, it's surprisingly... And, and them interacting with... with uh, the film and complaining about it at various points it's got a surprisingly cohesive plot it's yeah a lot of things happen for literally no discernible reason
1: well yeah in any way you said even though it has a film within a film yeah i think that was quite an interesting twist actually
0: yeah it's it's been done before by other people but the way it was done in this was i i'd not seen it being done in such a it had not been done in, in the same way, so I, I, oh, it just added to the to the whole strangeness of it, yeah. it, was... the, it
1: the DVD we got came with four interviews yeah, which and, were uh, mad. they're so funny. they're like mini films themselves. they're well worth a watch.
0: And the other thing I, can't, I cannot express this enough. the animation of the tire <laughs> was unbelievable. you got it was some of the greatest puppetry i have seen for so long you got real emotion you got real pathos you cared about this tire that was legging it around california killing people in a variety of deeply violent ways yeah
1: even though puppetry i think got a bad rep or Mm. not taken seriously i think people realized what was missing when cg took over yeah and uh yeah these these guys in the interview they said uh we just wanted the realism of it. We didn't mm. want CG. We wanted to make it old school, and it works for it. All the better for it. CG tire would have been shit.
0: It <laughs> looked like a sentient, self-propelling tire.
1: Yeah, that's because it was Andy. Well, <laughs> this okay, method real. acting.
0: Uh, it was. That's yeah,
1: good. it was. Yeah. So yeah, check it out for a five on Amazon. What's to lose? <laughs> yeah, absolutely amazing.
0: Meanwhile, at the comic book store. They're going colourise Halo Jones.
1: Uh-huh. Halo Jones appeared in 1984 in 2000 AD. And it follows Halo Jones as she exists in a sci fi unemployed housing project called The Hoop in Book One, travels the stars as a hostess on a spaceship in Book Two, and became a soldier in a Vietnam style conflict in Book Three. Originally planned for 10 books, but abandoned because Alan Moore got upset with 2000 AD. <laughs> it's
0: more likely than you'd think. <laughs> I mean, Halo Jones is. One of the truly great comic series of that era. I, I read it when I was 12. I instantly fell in love with it. It was just so realistic and powerful. Because you had this protagonist. That unlike unlike all the other things that were going on in 2000 AD. No power. no Nothing special about her. The The defining factor of her was that she was just a normal person. Her entire catchphrase anyone could have done it was it was phenomenal and it was it was also it was a female character but it wasn't it wasn't like some megaly armed or megaly powerful or megaly butch it was just this norm very plain looking normal girl for wish for a better phrase so for me just watching that it was you know reading through that it, it was great
1: So the idea was to base the strip around an ordinary, unremarkable woman typical of the society she lived in and was also very different for 2080 at the time. So I think I read it ages ago. Uh, I look forward to the new release because I've completely forgotten um i think i can't remember how i read it maybe at some ex-boyfriend's house or something but it wasn't a series that i collected specifically because i wasn't the target audience for 2000 ad i was too busy reading manga probably when it came out mm. um but yeah definitely looking for a new looking forward to this new release as long as it doesn't get colored in like the dark knight strikes again <laughs> <See> that, <laughs> so gross the thing
0: for me when i originally read it it was in yeah, black and white so yeah. the idea of seeing it on the one hand i'm totally with you it's yeah, a yeah. brilliant series if it's getting another lease of life, that's great because someone who hasn't read it before is going to read it and they're just going to go, wow, this is great and it's going to get more people into the world of it. Um, but the art was originally done to be black and white.
1: Did it have tone on it? Do you remember? Not
0: excessively, no. It was, it was quite, quite liney.
1: Interesting. Okay, well, it can be yeah. done well. The, who Who knows? But I'm looking forward to seeing a sample.
0: It's one of those, It's also one of those great tragic hit series. Because Alan Moore had a massive bust up with 2000 AD, which means it is just never going to get completed. Mm-hmm. Um, it also... To give you an idea of the impact it had on me, I didn't know this, um, but a while ago Alan Moore did an interview uh, where he described the ending of the series. Mm-hmm. And that actually made me stop and, and get a little teary because it was just such a perfect...
1: Right, really. Such a perfect end. Oh. And that's... Um, the sadness of not seeing it. However... No, it's the, the perfectness the goodness the goodness of the of, ending. The goodness of knowing what the ending would be, a series that already yeah. stopped.
0: and the so. perfectness of what it was going to be. The nice so, conclusion then. Can I read out a spoiler for a thing that's never going to happen? I guess so. Uh, I would have been... Basically going through all the decades of her life, with her getting older in each one, because I like the idea, at the time, of having a strip in 2000 AD with a 70 or 80 year old woman as the t- as the title character. It would have ended with Halo Jones upon some planet that's right at the absolute edge of the universe, where, beyond that, beyond some sort of speculative light show, there is no space, no time, and it would have ended with Halo Jones, all the rest of the people on this planetoid, because actually time isn't passing, you could say they're forever potentially, And what would have happened is that Halo Jones, after spending some time with the rest of the Immortals, would have tottered across the landscape field into her spacecraft and flown into the psychedelic light show to finally get out. And her whole series, it was perfect because the whole thing was she was in this hoop which was this dead end nowhere and she wanted to get out and she got out on on the spaceship and then she got out of that, and she got out of that into the military, and then she got out of that. It was just this... this.
1: So all she's ever known is getting out. It's this yeah. one
0: woman's goal to be actually free mm. of all this shit going on around her, and it was this gigantic myth. Mm. I mean, the, the, the second book is written... has got two stories in it. It's got the story of Hella Jones, but it's also presenting her as this massively important historical character.
1: Yeah, is it the Ballad of Halo Jones? Yes, it's the Ballad of Halo Jones. That's great. I would absolutely read that now. So, yeah i'll read yours and then i'll read the colorized version yeah. <laughs> so i'm also looking forward to the 2000 ad special so that's going to be released in the summer i think mm. in between easter and summer featuring the 2000 ad female characters written by female creative teams and drawn finally you know it's just good strong female characters are always good to see so how mm. nice to have the representation and i absolutely desperately hope it's not just going to be a look at the women's special i want this to be a thing you know
0: it's, gonna it's be, having
1: that opportunity.
0: It's gonna ha- be marketed as that to a great extent because that's what if if you're doing that you have got to do that. But it's so positive to see that, especially with like the misty coming yes. back. Yes, and it's a very very positive move, especially when you look at the history of how many women have been involved in 2000 AD.
1: Yes, even the the logo was mm. you know that was designed by a woman. Got special mentions on that um, two that, uh, two hour long 2000 AD documentary mm. that was on a couple of years ago, BBC.
0: So I'm quite so, yeah. excited about that.
1: Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, we're continuing our subscription anyway, aren't we? Mm. So yeah, looking forward to that.
0: I, I mean, yeah, as we said before, just a different set of eyes, a different set of story principles. It's just, it's something new and it's something exciting, even yeah. it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, so let's so, fix it by enjoying it.
1: Yeah, hopefully the tide is turning. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. great. <sighs> Meanwhile, on the internet.
0: I've been seeing an awful lot of shit posting groups out
1: there. What I think I only see my friends shitpost against each other to be honest. So <laughs> we're we're both big fans of Thunder Dungeon, which essentially is an aggregator site for memes and funny things oh, people yeah. say. But um
0: But there, there, there's there's loads of specific fandom shitposting groups. There out is, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. I just... I mean, the stuff I've spotted is... Uh, stuff like there's the Archie uh, shitposting group. A lot of these are sort of calling themselves shitposting like groups. Like
1: Riverdale memes group. Riverdale
0: memes. Uh, there was the Twin Peaks memes group. Yeah, uh, that keeps
1: changing its name keep, every, week. every week. About
0: every week. There's Marvel Comics shitposting yeah. groups. There's Star Wars shitposting yeah. groups. There's CW shitposting It seems as though, at the moment, if there's any kind of fandom, people are intentionally going and making shitposting groups. And this is... It's probably been going on for ages. I've only just really seen it explode in the last like 12 months. And I just thought it was worth a mention as yeah. a really positive thing fandom is doing. I
1: think, like, it's the running joke that if you're a member of a fandom, that fandom is trash and therefore you are trash.
0: But to so, acknowledge that trash, Yeah,
1: that's rolling with it, you know. It- like it's claiming the word weeb i know when i mm. first heard the term weeb i was 25 and i was mm. like oh my god why do people hate us and it's like no we are all because trash because you're fucking weeb just suck it up you know? <laughs> you're a goddamn nerd <laughs> now wear the hat <laughs> as the badge says
0: hush that weeb shit
1: <laughs> oh so yeah you got to roll with it yeah. absolute trash Great. So funny. You're all you're all in the same boats. You're all laughing at the same awful shows. Same terrible storylines. It's great one of us. One of yes. <laughs>
0: it's that unity. It's yeah. that that joining together. I think it's 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 a very healthy thing to see.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, if you do Good. belong to a fandom, yeah. Go and find your ship posting community and develop that that self-loathing that you need to be a true fan.
1: <laughs> that, that's uh, Andy, self-awareness. <laughs>
0: you can be aware and not hate yourself
1: Oh dear. that
0: speaks uh, ill
1: oh, It's good um i think to be a true fan of something you've got to realize that it's nothing you will ever like will be perfect so acknowledging that imperfections yes. is true love i think it says a lot about our relationship it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah the uh, super fortress hardcore genki shit posting group <laughs> will be coming along soon <laughs> uh...
1: oh funny great Alright, so on the internet I've noticed, uh, I'm a member of a couple of uh, comic book groups that bring writers and artists together. They're discussing more pros and cons and breaking away perceived barriers to entry of making comics. I've recently seen, just this week, uh, calling out of dumb advice. Like, someone said you needed thousands of dollars to fund a print run and all that bullshit. Mm. Like, So, Andy and I were talking about that this morning and it has inspired us to make something. Stay tuned for that. Mm. Andy and I have been uh writing and making and i've been drawing and Being self-publishing deeply critical and stuff. i mean it's one thing to criticize stuff though mm. isn't it but then you oh, know yes. make something and get it out there so oh,
0: that's a lot harder
1: so we can only come from our our point of view but everything that we've learned whether we agree or disagree i think we're going to combine that into something mm. so yeah keep an eye out for it
0: have you made any comics recently
1: Well, yes, Andrew, here is a conveniently inserted sales plug. Go for Uh, it. (laughs) So Biomecha issue nine, finally, the entire entire comic I drew throughout 2017 is now on sale via my online shop. So my online shop is etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash pink apple jam. Um, 52 pages of my black and white updated comic goodness. So the start of book three, the last book of my graphic novel trilogy begins now, um, so, Biomecca is like sci fi comedy, drama, growing up, the near future world of imperfect cybernetics and roller coaster relationships, PSI powers, all sorts of crazy stuff. Reiko, Toshio, Joe, Phyllis, Squishy Chan, Namadine, friends, crazy doctors, they go through life and love and lessons at the Cybertech High School. Uh, so, I run Biomecca chapters online, I update via Patreon, I ship out issue 9 to all my tier subscribers. Um... And i'll be doing that with the other issues the individual chapters and then i'll be compiling everything into that third graphic novel uh so my subscribers they receive the updates digitally for a dollar and also in print i'll deliver them to everyone's door when each chapter is ready uh post them to you um so yeah thanks everybody for your support mm-hmm. if you want to read uh, any further info my page is on uh, www.patreon.com forward slash jam. send me a message biomechacomic.com has quite a few chapters I've also released book two prologue and chapter five for free to read online as well so book two is partially online but af- absolutely everything is up to date in print now and you can find that in Etsy just search for user Pinkapplejam. Yeah. <laughs> So I've printed out all these comics. I need to sell them.
0: I've got drunk and made offensive badges. I need to sell them.
1: We do. Where can
0: people come and buy your fine quality products and my shonk?
1: So we've got quite a few things scheduled this year. Oh yeah. No no holidays just, just conventions. Just work. But there's quite a few local ones which is nice. So Saturday 24th of March Peterborough Comic Con.
0: On Saturday 14th and Sunday 15th of April we'll be at the Cambridge Geek Con at Duxford come along for all our stuff stay for the possibility of nicking an aircraft. Well, no I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, maybe not.
1: So that's uh, on the outskirts of our Cambridgeshire events we've also got Comic Con Leicester. This is Saturday the night and Sunday the 10th of June 2018.
0: Pink Apple Jam will be doing caricature portraits at the Will Adams Festival on Saturday the 8th of September. It'll be awesome. Free entry. Come along.
1: Yay! That's in Kent. And um, what's the name of the park? I can't remember. The Will
0: Adams Festival Park.
1: (laughs) That's how it's known. That's how you'll get there. Uh, Brilliant. We got a table at Thorpe Bubble Festival. Hooray! This... Thought Bubble Festival will be held on Saturday the 22nd and Sunday the 23rd of September.
0: And hopefully we'll have the needlessly aggressive comic out by then.
1: I've made Andy make a comic. Or at
0: least enough post-it notes glued together to justifiably excuse not having one.
1: I think so. So, yeah, it's uh, it's obviously my main hobby in life to force Andy to make comic books. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I made you your colouring book for your birthday. Yeah. I made you do 90 Minutes of Mayhem in print. Made me? Yeah. I-,
0: I did it a of a- Ugh.
1: no I, what's the word encouraged yeah so anyway moving on and set so, the
0: premise for the third season of feud with
1: so, <laughs> so andy's print publication. Not only will we be ready for mm. Thought Bubble Festival in we'll Leeds
0: also have it at the Doki Doki Manchester Japanese Festival Saturday the 10th of November
1: Yay! So we can see all our Manchester mates again. And It'll that's so all lovely. the stuff we've
0: got confirmed and we'll probably, we might add some more into that as we go along. I don't
1: think I'll have that much time else I won't have any more time to actually make my bloody comic. Also. However, we are going to hope to get into October MCM but, of course, tables haven't mm. been released and won't be for a while. But that leads us nicely on to...
0: Uh, Pop have taken over MCM Expo. That's right. This is, this is a pretty big thing happening on the con scene, uh, of which we go to. Uh, it's Basically, it's MCM is the largest geek network of conventions in the UK... And it's now been taken over by ReadPop, who are the largest organisers of of geek conventions in the world.
1: In the entire world! So Um, they run New York Comic Con. That's basically their number one mm. comics convention twice a year in New York. Um, They've put in what appears to be curated entry for events. Well, people aren't sure on that
0: one. All they know is is that the entry form, which used to be... You know, who are you? Now asks things like, what is your comic about? What is your experience? When you're applying for a, a Comic Village table... Yeah, who
1: have you been published by? by yeah. yeah, it all seems a little... Invasive isn't the word, but it does make you feel... Oh, I'm I'm here for Comic Village because I'm a self-publisher. I'm not published by Marvel or Image but or DC.
0: People don't know. That's the thing. Is because mm. on the one hand... It could look like a vetting process to get the finest of people in. On the other hand, it could be a screening process to make sure, number one, you don't have an entire row of little girl, of uh, little princess comics, or to make sure that people who should be doing trader stalls aren't getting in like on the to, cheap. To
1: mix up people's products, yeah. so that you don't get rows upon rows of like a superhero title yeah. and it puts it next to um, anthro comics, yeah. or slice of life comics, or diary comics, or something. But also for marketing, you mm. know, I gotta, you got to hope that this is being uh, uh, conglomerated I, in some positive form, it feels a little bit personal, otherwise.
0: I, I don't because Midlands got sorry Telford, which would normally have happened by now.
1: Yeah, Telford got canned.
0: Got canned. So it's, they haven't had an MCM since Reed Pop properly took that's over. That's
1: right. It's the first. The first one will be Birmingham MCM. Um, one in Scotland, main mm. uh, Ireland got canned. Yeah, Liverpool Telford but London, Birmingham, Scotland and Manchester, MCMs yeah. remain. So 2018 is going to... It's shook up, but it's going to be interesting to see what gets... The
0: cannings were very interesting because mm. the, the fan reaction was obviously hot garbage. Yeah. And I'm not even going to... You can fill in the dots on the bullshit that was happening, you know, all that. But it was, it was some of the numbers that were coming out about how much they'd been losing.
1: Yeah. And
0: these were from people who were exiting, who were leaving MCM, just because they didn't like um, the direction MCM was going, but were still, you know, they were still happy with MCM. But they were in the wonderful position where they could just turn around and go, "Well, I no longer work for there, so this is how much that flaming event cost us." Fuck you, we well, we, yeah. we subsidised your fun.
1: Yeah, it's so I think it's really, really grinds my gears when people complain about the cost of tables. I mean, yeah. yes. Um, Reed Pop have added VAT to all the tickets, the tables, the space. Yeah, this was kind of explained in the TNCs, but also bear in mind two 2000- thousand. Eighteen financial year, mm. HMRC did roll out some other things, so maybe it's to do with that. Well, um, that is
0: a complicated creature, it and is, their entire know. argument is that previously, the uh, my understanding, in a very condensed form, tax other tax advisors are available. VAT, you, you get you you get charged. You don't get charged VAT on incomplete products, in the simplistic of terms. So if you're building a house. You don't charge VAT on built on putting the wall in because that's a part of the product, that that's like a raw material. But they were looking at what they were doing at the events and they're going right. Well, we are providing you with um, a trading space. We're providing you with con- punters. We're providing you uh, with cater- providing you with promotion. We're pro-. And their their whole thing was actually yeah, we're adding all this stuff onto it. So yeah, that that's VAT.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I know
0: though. it's t- plus 20% and they are yeah. looking at hiking table prices. A
1: little bit, yeah, but um for, for condensed footfall it's still the cheapest table mm. price. So I honestly don't think I mean we can discuss it, but it really shouldn't be complained about for the for the greater good of comics, you know. The other, all...
0: the other thing to remember is if they if they're charging that, they aren't going to see a penny of that. No. That goes straight to the Batman or they get sued to Hell.
1: so i think they're just trying to t- tighten stuff up really
0: they really are i mean they've also brought in a ton of new rules yep. um they've brought in a very firm uh no knockoff merchandise rule brought in a rule about uh not having disputes with other traders about knockoff merchandise in public
1: no being a Wi Fi node. Interesting. Is that because of um siphoning information to I'm not sure. security? They're,
0: essentially if you're if you've got a mobile phone and you're hooked to the to a network, yeah. you, can't, you can't if be- you're a trader. You can't have other people using that Wi Fi uh, connection. So they can't sense. piggyback off you. Well, but I can I can see it making sense because it means someone can't set up a middleman attack. Yeah. And from a security viewpoint yeah. I think a lot of these rules they can't stop you doing it, but if you do it and it all, or, or if you're engaged in it and it all goes to tits, you're screwed. Yeah. Not them.
1: So, strict to stall rules, including height of displays...
0: Uh, facing that. other directions, facing yeah. towards other people's stuff. Basically, y- your stall is your stall. You can't, have a, you can't nick other people's skyline.
1: No, you can project forwards, but you can't put anything on the back of your stall to project outwards because that yeah. belongs to the stall facing your, the other way, back-to-back.
0: They also example. brought in rules about uh, those flaming banners.
1: Thank God! Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> bloody banners!
0: Banners in the comics village. Um, they got a very clear anti-harassment and anti um, uh, anti-bullying. And
1: yeah, they actually said cosplay is not consent. They explicitly yeah. stated it. So it was- very strict no pictures rule. So the photographic video, filming and other recording rights for the event are reserved to the organiser but the exhibitor may request photography services from the official photographers if desired all other photography, video production filming and recording is strictly prohibited without the organizer's prior written consent in advance of the event. Photographing other exhibitors stands or products is strictly prohibited and persons in breach of this regulation may be removed from the event. Such violations may also result in ejection of the exhibitor from the event and confiscation of camera equipment, interesting
0: this one is really interesting technically, by the strict letter if, where is it uh, the uh, photographic rights are reserved to the organiser but the exhibitor may request photography services from the official photographers if desired, so technically speaking, after we've set up our stall and go to the bar and grab a medicinal beverage (laughs) if we take a selfie of ourselves as exhibitors if we bung that online technically, we've broken the rules. There's it's, no way they're going to enforce that, because it would be monumentally, suicidally dumb.
1: It is the enforcement of it, but it'll be interesting to see what examples are made of these new rules and mm. the events coming forward. So yeah, keep an eye out on it. I think it's, a, I, I think it's for the greater good. Well,
0: the fact that they, they put the emphasis on the... Um, photographing other exhibitors stands or products is strictly prohibited that to me suggests it's very much a don't nick other people's shit
1: oh and you know what as an exhibitor i think that's really good because you've got these amazing digital cameras that people and people don't even ask your permission and they'll zoom in and they'll take a high resolution photo quality picture of your image and it's like you're basically stealing my image if i catch someone doing that like if they ask me first mm. which people rarely do I'm over the moon because they've asked me but people do close up shots of my artwork other people's artworks and it's like mate, technically you could print this upload mm. it make your own merch you're, mm. you're thieving artworks and you know i'll i will grab a flyer and i'll put it in front of their lens i'm like can you look at online please Mm. and then they'll get really funny with me even though they're the ones technically stealing artwork even if their intent is not to steal it it's fucking rude stop it Mm. so yeah i think that's a really good idea take a photo of the store holder take a photo of their url take a photo of a poster with some form of copyright promote the artist don't fucking nick it you bastards
0: I think the biggest thing we're seeing, though, is we're seeing a culture change. Yeah. Because we've had this, to put it in very simple terms, we've had this very British understanding culture. Yeah. Where everyone understands how things but are. But I think the, what's on. the
1: younger, if they haven't grown up with that understanding, so, mm. sorry kids, but if you're not exposed to it, if all your mates are doing it, there's no reason to query it, but it's not on. But so. I, I think we've now got... This culture change is going we, to be we, very interesting. We've
0: got this culture change of the American...
1: Yeah.
0: Everything will be done very explicitly. So, like, going back to the VAT thing, they possibly could have got away with it for a while longer, but they just went, no, we're changing it, it's that bang. It's yeah. this very straightforward, simplicity, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. How it's going to affect the events, though... I
1: don't know, though. I mean, that if... if, if... They charge people VAT. It's more expensive for us, and the organisers don't receive a penny for it. What's the benefit of it?
0: They don't get sued massively by the HMRC and told, "Oh yeah, you've got to get all these people to do it, to do that." So, and right. it, it's based if they're not doing their tax if they're not charging that right. Okay. For their product, that can get them in a lot of trouble. So
1: essentially, the government could shut down Comic Con if it's not played. Dot and it's. I, yeah, well, it's a, it's, it's a business,
0: T's. so it needs to be. It needs to be making sure it's invoicing people right. So
1: basically, if you want Comic Con to continue, let's just pay the VAT to mm. allow it to continue, right?
0: The knock-on question I would have is, if they're charging that, how many other organisations are going to turn around and go, "Well, we need to charge that as well"?
1: Maybe. Who knows? Anyway. I'm... Who knows? I, I, interesting. Keep an eye on it. Yeah.
0: We have asked other people for the. I mean, don't, don't think we're the only one saying so, there's a lot of commentary about this online. Uh, two comments we've picked up uh, from Paul Brown. Uh, he, When I asked him about this he said I'll be intrigued to see how Expo operates under new management. It's not exactly a sterling legacy so there's plenty of room for change. Treating performances as professionals would be a good start. Yeah. Now I have heard some horror stories about the expectations of talent at these events ranging from you know, little nobodies who've been given their 10 second shot through to high end right. proper guests. So yeah it would Def, as I said that culture change Yeah, it would be interesting to see that Americanism come into it and yeah. how they will they will affect on that Yeah, Um and again as he says not exactly a sterling legacy yeah MCM was good but I don't know anyone who didn't have problems with it I mean the void from last year
1: oh that layout is ridiculous such a waste so uh rick cowling i only found out at the weekend that it had been sold i do know that it looks like they're all going to be curated though i'm guessing it may work like thought bubble but you never can tell hmm. so is that to do with comic village that was his out... comment
0: about the the changes oh. uh, generally okay yeah i i as i said the amount of detail thereafter it could be curation it could be filtering i, I quite like curation as a concept because it helps shake things up. I do also understand why people like the first come, first served. Especially if they're the... F- in both cases, it's great if you're the one that gets picked. It's awful if you're not. We'll see what happens. Hope but. to see
1: you there. <laughs> 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 Maybe you will turn up as a punter or something to one of them. I think. I think before we book a table. Yeah. See if there's any change. I think
0: it's definitely going to shake up the UK scene, though. Yeah.
1: Because
0: Ho- MCM has always led the way. Even if people, even if it's just on people doing the opposite, they've always led.
1: Hopefully, in a positive way. Though.
0: Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other bit of news we've got is we're going to be available in somewhere new. Ooh. We're going to be appearing on Bunkazilla.
1: So Bunkazilla is a UK online geek culture radio station launching 2018. Bunkazilla.co.uk.
0: It's being run by Ian Bolton.
1: We know. Uh, yeah, we know. Ian through uh, conventions.
0: And that's going to be hosting, uh, amongst other shows, it's also going to be hosting uh, the uh, this wonderful show and my amazing on the way to which is going to be coming back which is basically me doing podcasting whenever events so for an event you see me shoving a microphone into your face please uh speak your brains and it's also going to be holding the soon to be released superior content consumer the first needlessly aggressive radio show so that one's going to have even more f-bombs
1: amazing that's
0: going to be fun and that's our update for february 2018
1: If you like this podcast, then please share it with your friends and rate us online. The Hardcore Genki Hour podcast is available from raggedyman.net forward slash the Raggedy Jam podcast, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Bunkerzilla, through the headphones of some youth that is playing MP3 tunes too loudly through his own phones on the bus
0: with the Rock God performance by Devaltmont of the soon-to-be-released Bella Lugosi's Shed
1: podcast. One of us. One, One of us. us. Podcast wanker. We, we need more twats with the podcast. <laughs> well done. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Ragdy Man can be occasionally found on Twitter, at Raggedy Man, and mostly on his website, www.ragdyman.net.
0: Laura Pink Apple Jam can be found on Twitter at Biomecha Comic, on Facebook, on the uh, Pink Apple Jam art page, and online at PinkAppleJam.com and BiomechaComic.com.
1: So, until next time, goodbye and farewell from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Bye!